Welcome to the Claremont County Public Library's Book Lovers Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and today I'm joined by two librarians with a real passion for children's books. Well, say hi to Kara and Stacy. And they're going to share some of their very favorite children's book titles from 2020. Links to all of the fantastic books that they talk about will be available in the show notes that are on ClaremontLibrary.org. Hey, guys. Hi. So, Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. I love it when you guys come on and talk kids' books because that's obviously not my area of knowledge. So I love it when you share all these fun books. So who wants to start? I'll jump right in with my first yes. toddler book. So we all right. books from different age categories. And what I picked is things that I don't think they'll necessarily win any awards for last year, but I just think that they'll appeal to kids the most. And some of them I have used with my own kids so I can vouch for them, including this first one. So this one's a toddler book. It's got nice sturdy pages. It's called Play With Your Plate by Judith Rossell. And it kind of fits into that interactive category that we've been seeing a lot more of recently. This one doesn't have a story, but hopefully the kids will be talking with their grownups as they're paging through it. and talking about the great food that they've put together. So what you're actually doing is creating a plate of food with these little tiny books. So it has four tiny books in it and they each have a piece of a plate and then it has the food name too. So that's really great for print recognition to connect the word with the object. And it gives some initial prompts of ideas, look for red foods or green foods, but really you could just make whatever kind of plate you want. And then it says that there are over 4,000 combinations, so lots of opportunities to play with this book. Wow. Love that, that one. That looks like a lot of fun. That is so cute. I get to order. I get to choose and order all the children's books. So when people get excited about kid stuff, I'm like, I ordered that. I picked that. <laughs> oh, it's a win. Go win. Yay, you're so welcome. And it's hard um, with books like that to see what they're actually going to be like because you, like as a selector, I don't really get to see, I can see like the, what the dimensions of the book will be, but I don't really get to see like how it opened up like that. So it's really neat when they come in to see what they actually look like. So that's really cool. I'm glad you like it. Yay. So my pick Kind of along the same lines as, as Kara, some of the books that I'm choosing, I'm hoping maybe will win some awards, but others I just chose because I just, well, I love all of them. This first book I chose in the toddler category, it's actually a re-released book in a new board book format. So it is These Hands by Hope Lynn Price, and it's illustrated by Brian Collier. And this book combines Price's gentle rhymes with Collier's warm and vibrant illustrations. It's a sweet story that encourages young ones to consider all the things that they can do with their hands. From sharing to clapping to exploring how they can make the next day even better. So it's a really sweet story to read at bedtime. It'd be a great story time choice, I think. It's just a really sweet book. And I love the illustrations. Brian Collier is a Caldecott honor winner, Coretta Scott King winner. He's just a fabulous illustrator. And I love the illustrations. All right. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So who has the next book? 
We have picture books up next. So mine is Dozens of Donuts by Carrie Finnison, illustrated by Brianne Farley. And again, this one, um, even though I love the illustrations, it's not necessarily one that I think will win, but it's just precious and it's great for reading aloud. It's got rhyming text and it reminds me a lot of the classic picture book, The Doorbell Rang by Pat Hutchins. So instead of chocolate chip cookies, like in that one, Luann the Bear's making donuts in this one and her friends keep ringing her doorbell and asking to join in. And she's very gracious at first, but eventually she gets fed up because she's trying to fatten up for winter for hibernation and they're eating all her donuts. So she can't, she can't fill up her belly and she finally throws a tantrum about it and roars. But then her friends bring all new supplies to make more donuts. So just really fantastic. I love the end papers. I mean, everything about this book. So it shows all the donuts. And then just the sweet woodland characters are very cute. There's the doorbell, ding dong. And you can see like their tails or something else out the window. So you can kind of guess who's there. Cool woodchuck. And then at the end, all the donuts are eaten. So just a really sweet story. I've read this one aloud to my kids. I did it for story time. It's really fun. So I highly recommend that one. I have to say, I watched your story time, Kara, and that book was so much fun. It really it is. It's fantastic. And you're right. It was perfect for reading aloud. I like that they included a woodchuck. I feel like woodchucks are very underrepresented <laughs> in children's literature. You don't see many woodchucks. So that's really cute. And I would be angry if anybody kept eating my donuts too so very relatable (laughs) as people think children's literature is not relatable there were dozens of donuts yes so my choice for my favorite picture book and I my fingers are crossed that this is gonna win an award and I just I have a good feeling about this it's the old truck by Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey and the story is about a little girl who grows up on her family's farm with an old red truck, and she dreams of adventures. And by the end, readers will be inspired how far this girl and her old truck have come. So the authors, they are brothers, and they used more than 250 individual stamps to create the illustrations for this subtle yet powerful story. And it's an ode to hard work and determination. So it's kind of a quiet story, but it has a really powerful message. And if this sounds interesting, if you like kind of like those retro stamp illustrations, you will be excited for the brothers' next picture book adventure, which is called The Old Boat. And it sets sail this March. That sounds awesome. It's a great one. So who's up next, Kara? Yes, I have a nonfiction book, and this isn't something that I would typically pick for nonfiction. I prefer photographs for nonfiction, especially for this pre-K, early elementary crowd, but this one's just fantastic. So this is another interactive picture book, um, but it's got nonfiction elements as well, so it's kind of a mix. It's called There's a Skeleton Inside You by Idan Ben-Barak and Julian Frost. And they did one about germs that was really cool. So I decided to pick this one up. And my three-year-old actually is in love with this book. We have to read it over and over. So the fictional component is about two aliens that are learning about the human body. 
And then the interactive component is the reader is showing their hands and what their hands can do. So showing the aliens that they can push on the book and lift it up in the air. And then one of the aliens has the power to look inside. So he looks inside your hand. And then it switches from these very sweet cartoons to really detailed diagrams of what the inside of your hand looks like. So I love that it's pretty realistic, but it's also very funny because this alien's going, ew, your hand is full of meat. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just very silly. But at the same time, teaching a lot, it's got this cute little story about they're trying to fix their spaceship to get to their friend's birthday party. There's an alien birthday party at the end. And then um, it's got more detailed diagrams about the human body. So it's just a fantastic combination of a story plus information, plus that interactive element that just makes it a winning pick, I think. That sounds fantastic. And I love the name. How can you not love that name? It got really great reviews by every source that reviewed it. It was just kind of one of those gems of like an early nonfiction picture book. So I think that's a great choice. My choice is for a little bit older age group for kids nonfiction, and it is called Crossings, Extraordinary Structures for Extraordinary Animals. And it was written by Katie S. Duffield and illustrated by Mike Oradan. And it is about wildlife crossings for animals. So as humans, we use bridges, tunnels, overpasses to get us safely from one place to the next. But what about animals that cross busy roads? So in this nonfiction text that is beautifully illustrated, it combines STEM and animal conservation and introduces early elementary readers to wildlife crossings all around the world. So each spread in this book features a different animal and a man-made structure built specifically to help them safely travel through habitats that have been altered by human transportation routes. So it's a really important and I think fascinating conservation exploration. So in the book, you get to see, like I said, the specific animal and then the man-made structure and where in the world that is. So you can actually go, if you want to search a little bit deeper, you could go online and look at what the actual structure looks like. In some cases, there's even footage of animals using that structure to cross like really busy roads. And one of them is really neat. There's um, a tunnel that's built underneath a road that an animal goes through to safely cross it. So it's just really cool. It sounds like it. Okay, Kara, do you have another one? I do. I always got more books. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best thing about chatting with librarians. There's always more. So this one is my middle grade pick. So that's approximately grades four through seven. This one is called Winterborn Home for Vengeance and Valor. And this is the first in a new series by Allie Carter. And I thought it was just fantastically written action book with a female main character. It's got a really diverse and smart cast. So this girl likes to make inventions, her friend that she meets. So there's all these wacky inventions and lots of action. So these are all orphans. And the main character is 
in a foster care at the beginning of the story. Her name is April. And then this series of events leads her to this mansion. So she goes to a museum with her foster home group and they see an exhibit and there's a family crest in the exhibit that matches a key that she wears around her neck that was from her mom. And she always feels like her mom is going to come back. We don't really know what happened to her mom, but she's been in foster care her whole life. So she's kind of waiting on that and trying to figure out what happened. So this crest makes her think, oh my goodness, this must be a clue. So she goes back to the museum that night to try to explore a box that had the same crest on it as her key. And she sets fire to the exhibit. So it's very dramatic and she gets rescued and wakes up in the hospital And then from there, there's someone named Ms. Nelson, who's from this Winterborn home, and tells her that she's going to be taken there and live with these other orphans. There's a butler. So it's like a totally different life than what she's used to in this mansion. So I like how it mixes like the comforts of home that she's never really had that she's learning in this new environment with all this danger. You can see there's a guy with a sword in the window. So there's lots of sword fights and action and near-death experiences as she's navigating this house and this mystery of the crest. The Winterborn home belongs to an heir named Gabriel Winterborn, but he's been missing for a long time. But there's somebody or something, maybe a ghost, maybe an urban legend creeping around this mansion. So they're trying to figure out what that is. Where's Gabriel Winterborn? Where's her mom? So lots of mysteries and it's left open at the end. So it kind of resolves what's happening immediately in the book but also leaves a lot open for the rest of the series so I like this one a lot that sounds super intriguing it's always good to find a new series too to recommend especially to kids yes that's exciting so my pick for middle grade fiction is Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Nayeri. And I would put this at maybe a little bit higher of an age group, grades five through eight, because it's a little bit heavier of a book. So in this book, empathy and hope are the driving forces behind this fictionalized account of the author's own youth spent in his home country of Iran, in refugee camps, and in navigating life in America as an immigrant. So this book does not shy away from tough topics like bullying and domestic violence, but middle grade readers will still find so much to love in these pages. The author just has such lyrical prose, such as such a beautiful voice that comes through writing about, again, like his fictionalized based on his own stories of stories about his family from centuries ago. But kind of the basis of the story is he's telling these accounts of his own life and his family's stories to his classmates in America, where he lives as an immigrant, but nobody believes him. So that feeling that you get when you read it, just you are so hopeful for this child to just make it in this world. It's just, again, it's just such a beautiful story. I really think this could be a good contender for the Newberry So we'll find out soon because those awards are going to be announced next, next week. Yeah. Yeah. That one got reviews. It was on my list. Of course, you know, as librarians, we have huge lists of books that we don't always get to them. So I didn't get to that one this year, but it Mm -hmm. sounded fantastic. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a slower read. And I think you really, I would not recommend this just widely. Like I probably wouldn't book talk this book. Like I would definitely book talk the Winterborn Home that you shared to like a big group of kids, but I wouldn't book talk everything sad is untrue to like a huge group of kids. I would definitely want to try to find like that special kid who is looking for something that is a bit more emotional to read. So, but it is, it's such a beautiful book. So I have high hopes for it that it'll win something. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, Kara, what's your next? All right. My last pick, this one is a young adult book. So definitely for high school, probably upper high school. This is Monica Hesse who does historical fiction, usually set around World War II I loved her book, Girl in the Blue Coat. It was just fantastic. So this is her latest, They Went Left. And this one is actually set immediately after World War II. So I thought that in and of itself was really interesting because we see so much about World War II. And I think authors are, you know, maybe have explored pretty much everything there is (laughs) about that topic. So kind of reaching beyond it, but still looking at the effects of it and the immediate aftermath. So this one is set in Poland, and it's about a girl named Zofia and her family. And the title references the last time that she saw her family. So they were being separated at the concentration camp, and she and her brother, Abek, went right. And then the rest of her family went left to the gas chambers. So it is a very heavy book. It's interspersed with what happened to her family under Nazi rule before they went to the concentration camps. And then most of the narrative is after the war, Zofia is trying to find her brother Abek. So they were separated in the concentration camp, but she's convinced that she'll be able to find him. So she goes back to their family apartment. It's totally changed. There have been squatters there. Her family's not there. So she decides to go on this journey through Poland to these places that refugees are now settling in these kind of, you know, camps where they can try to rebuild their lives. So it has interesting side characters. Like there's a couple that just met like five weeks ago and they're getting married. And the character, the female character just says, you have to hold on to the happiness you have now after everything that they went through. You know, Zofia's like, you just met, why are you getting married? And she's like, you know, we got to just continue to live our lives and move on. So Again, a really heavy topic, but it's a beautiful story. So this one, actually, I'm hoping might win something related to Prince, but we'll see. I think it's going to be a good contender. It got rave reviews as well. But I definitely agree with your comment about the saturation of World War II fiction and nonfiction. But when there's like a historical fiction children's book not centered about World War II, I'm like, we're buying it. We're getting it <laughs> just because it's something different. I know. I'll still read World War II stuff because it's oh, fascinating, yeah. but it does, when you read the, the synopsis, it's kind of like, okay, another World War II book. <laughs> yes, definitely. But if it's well-written, then, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. My young adult teen fiction choice is a graphic novel. And it is Flamer by Mike Curato. Oh, did you read it, Kara? Uh, yeah. I love anything by him. Mm-hmm. Picture books, little Elliot. I adore those, but Flamer yes. is fantastic. So good. So yeah, if you have name recognition with him, you you probably know he's most famous for his picture book 
Little Elliot, the elephant series. So it's so cute. So this is totally different than picture book. It's, it's a teen graphic novel and it is inspired by his own experiences. And it will definitely speak to anyone who feels like they don't fit in at any point in their lives, really. So it is about a boy named Aiden. He is chubby, he's biracial, and he's really nervous about beginning high school. And he is slowly coming to the realization um, that he's gay during a summer at a Boy Scout camp. So this is one to read multiple times. You can just pour over those beautiful, stark black and white illustrations interspersed with reds and oranges and yellows, just like on the cover. And I just feel like readers will just really connect with Aiden as he kind of overcomes these obstacles to find his true self. So it is a bit of like a heavier topic book, but there's a lot of like humorous moments in it. There's a lot of heartfelt moments. There's a lot of very cringy moments. So it is definitely like all encompasses what it's like to be a teenager, I feel like. So I would put this reading level even down to grade seven all the way up through high school, all the way up through adult. So it's just such a great book. So like last year, a graphic novel won the Newbery Medal. So there's nothing that says a graphic novel is not going to win the prince this year. So I have high hopes for this one. It's just (laughs) lovely. Anything written about the teen years must involve some cringe because I don't know about the two of you, but that was what teenage was like one cringe after the other yes yeah and I don't know like that all the events in the book actually happened to like Mike in real life but even if they were loosely based on something that happened I feel like you are so brave to record this and share it with the world because there, yeah, there are many cringy moments in our lives that we're like, I don't even want to think about it. And to have someone write about it is just amazing. Yeah. So I kind of cheated and I snuck in a second book. We like that kind of cheating. That's the best kind. So it's, it's in the nonfiction category, but it is for teens. So we do have young adult nonfiction in all of our branches. So you can find them specifically nonfiction that is written and made for teens, which is great. So my choice for young adult nonfiction is All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. Another wonderful one. Yay! So... Johnson is a prominent journalist and LGBTQIA plus activist, and he calls this a memoir manifesto, which I think is very, very fitting for this book. And it highlights personal stories and struggles. It's a coming of age story, and it can serve as a primer for readers who wish to be allies or as like a really reassuring testimony for young queer men of color. So I think readers will really appreciate Johnson's really frank storytelling. Some of the stories are really difficult to read, but they're so moving. And the personal essays that he explores have themes of gender identity, family, toxic masculinity, and consent. So it's just such, so well-written. It's just such a moving kind of personal, like he said, manifesto, memoir, whatever you want to call it. And if you really enjoyed it, or if it sounds good, you will enjoy that he's coming out with another memoir this September, and it's called We Are Not Broken. So we'll be looking forward to that one. 
Okay. It sounds like it deals with some really important subjects that it would not be amiss for adults to read about some of those. Yeah, absolutely. And the cover is just gorgeous. So they did a really good job with the illustrations. And I listened to the audiobook and the author reads it. It's just fantastic. He's a really, he's a great speaker. He's been, I know he's been on a lot of like news outlets recently, just talking about the events going on in the country and it's just, he's just has such a great voice and it comes through really well on the page. So that was fun. Great choices. <laughs> yes. Thank you both for your fantastic recommendations. Those are super exciting. Thank you also to our listeners and our viewers. Remember to subscribe to the Claremont County Public Library's YouTube channel or to the Book Lovers podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. And that way you don't miss an episode. And a reminder that links to all of these absolutely fabulous sounding recommendations will be in the show notes up on our website at ClaremontLibrary.org. And I'd like to say, don't forget that children's books aren't just for children and that adults can get a lot of joy and pleasure out of reading them too. And all of those sounded like it would not go amiss for an adult to pick those up. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys again. Thank you.